Round one. Fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 213th episode of the Hungry Gamers Podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those sexy, sexy, sexy legends over at Audio Technica. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can follow me just about everywhere at Brendan8bit. And the Danny LaRusso to my Mr. Miyagi, my podcast, Ride or Die, we are talking about Miss Ellie Hart. You can find it on them socials at Miss Ellie Hart. How you doing today? You've been sweeping that leg? <laughs> no mercy. Wrong. Actually, that's the wrong team. Um, yeah, doing well. It's hot as balls out here. I can't stand it. I feel like we're now interchanging like the same kind of temperature because I understand it's getting a little bit warm in Australia mm-hmm. again. Um, Currently Melbourne, uh, 22 degrees at 8.49 in the morning. Oh, shit. That's pretty, pretty warm. Pretty warm. Um, we've got like what Santa Ana winds or some shit like that. So the desert blows hot air over our way. Um, the rest of the country is apparently having a nice cold, chilly fall as they call it over here. Um, so yeah, no sweating, sweating balls over here. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, yeah, as I said, 22 degrees. So it's, it's warming up. It's, I think it's going to be yet another hot summer up here in the sunshine state, but, uh, Thanks to the uh, brilliance of air conditioning, I rarely, rarely know what that's like, uh, especially with still working from the home office virtual meeting environment. So getting out and about a little bit, seeing some clientele, but mostly it's just done done in the old HQ studio. So yeah, a lot of homebound, but uh, just chilling this weekend. Uh, little little Winnie's done himself a mischief and, and Tori's, Tori's dew claw. So I had to take him in and get some, get some work done to that at the vet yesterday. And now he's bandaged up with little... little uh, little foot sock thing going on so he's, he's limping around the poor little bloke but um yeah i'm doing good doing good it's always sad when the pups like injure themselves because they get scared and you as you know a fur parent you're you're scared and you and they they read that as well so then they're like oh i really do have something to be worried about so i happened to my pup too like the nail just getting like torn and then there's this blood and you're like so much still. blood and then you're they're like they're scared and then oh it's it's a horrible situation yeah and it's exaggerated further because then bentley gets worked up because he can (laughs) see his brother's sad so like i was sort of cuddling winnie and and sort of yeah wrapped his little little claw uh in in some tissue and stuff to to stem the bleeding and then bentley sort of jumping all around it's like you okay you're out what's going on oh what's happening and so i'm like bentley piss off you know sit down just be calm and then when he's getting worked up more and i'm here to yeah, provide so medical it's, it's, assistance that's it yeah little little nurse bentley and then you know i took them both to the vet yesterday just so he's got his brother there and because i think bentley would probably get anxious if i left him here by himself yeah and then they're trying to you know cut the cut the claw away and whatever and bentley's jumping all over this other vet and getting right in there so i'm trying to hold bentley this way and hold winnie calm in my other arm and then the vet's in there with the with the clippers and <laughs> It was a whole thing, but uh, yeah. yeah, we got there, made it home okay. Boys are chilling. I can hear them just sitting outside the the studio door now. I was going to bring them in, but they just get too noisy, especially yeah. Bentley. Anything he does, it's just volume 
50 hundred decibels and you could hear every little wheeze and fart and burp and chew so wouldn't do that yeah. to listeners we respect we respect your ear holes too much to be to be doing that to you us however we will burp fart and chew into the microphone yeah yeah my uh my tummy's churning a bit this morning had um had some really good Indian for dinner last night, but uh, oh, I feel, uh, yeah, I, I feel, I feel the uh, the curries are making their way through my body, and, and I'm going to make some some homemade curry in a little while. But uh, I'm going to make it through this episode first. I'm holding strong because uh, I wouldn't want to, yeah, present my homemade lamb korma live on air. That'd be something. That's for damn sure. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> I love Indian food so much. I'm a lightweight. I like barely go out of the like you know white person comfort zone let's call it so you know your standard butter chicken but like even so it's never like and i'm never like oh i want indian food it's never I, a crap see i'm like that no. with sushi like i like sushi but i never like go you know what i need today i need sushi for lunch like i'm never like that love sushi and sushi is like perfect especially in the summertime because it's just it's cold like mm-hmm. so you know you're in a cool space you're eating cool food and it's fr- like well if you you're going to the right places it just tastes fresh and like and then if you go to a sushi train then it's just an open invitation to stuff i yourself. love the train sadly there's not much train action over your way is there no um the only one that i've been able to find this one train but it's like a fancy fancy place um, but then we recently found a place that has like a robot that serves you, which is great. It just That's like cool. it's a little robot train that comes and delivers your sushi to you, which is great. So how, how do you, can you complain to the robot if he brings you the wrong thing? Ah, uh, I could try, but it's mm. like, it's more like you order it, like one of those things where you got a panel at your table uh, yep. and you order it and then eventually like it comes up at you. And I think from what I remember, it like sings you like a little tune when it gets there and then you send it back. <laughs> The your future sushi is, now. is ready. <laughs> <laughs> Take your effing plate. Um, I love, I love the train. I love any any type of food establishment where I can order at the table off a like off a little iPad or something. Just that technological advancement in itself is just so great. I understand. I'm all about it. <laughs> like for me, it's perfect. Like it's very anti antisocial of me, but it's also in the aspect of like if. Like there's no, there's not going to be any order discrepancy because I mm-hmm. put it in. Like I'm the one that said this is what I want, and I saw it on the screen. It's there on the screen. So if anything does go wrong, it's like there it is. As opposed to like getting it from a waitress and there being a chance where you you sit there and you're like, I hope they got that. Like I had that experience recently. I'm actually really self conscious about my um, my accent. Um, especially when I have to order things and I always try to like articulate my words and try to slow down my fast paced Australian talking. And I ordered a sandwich and I purposefully ordered like one of the pre-made ones that they had on the list. Cause I'm like, I can't fail here. Mm-hmm. I said it, I said it clear as day. And then we found out that she misheard me and she did something completely different and the names are not same the names don't have the same words or anything like that she misheard me and was starting to make another sandwich and i get really like doubtful on myself i'm like i'm almost certain i said the right thing so just any lack of human interaction with my food is probably for the better Mm -hmm. i I feel you because yeah like our our dialogue and and phrasing and tone and slang and speed like it's it's normal for you and i but mm. yeah when you when you're 
implant yourself into another culture. It is just so alien and you don't really think about it. Like I remember now you're going to bars or restaurants in the States and whatever and trying to order stuff and they either bring you the complete opposite thing or ask you to say it, you know, two or three times to get that confirmation and then go in full circle, going to any type of hospitality establishment where they take your order, but, you know, say there's multiple people at your table, they don't write it down. Like it's it's mighty impressive (laughs) when they nail it, you know, when they know everyone's starters, everyone's mains, everyone's drink order, and it all comes out perfectly. But I always have this moment of hesitation where they're like, just you can see it like getting written down in their brain instead of on a pad of paper or putting it into their iPad or their little terminal. Like I'm sitting there going, I don't trust this. I don't know you. I'm going to get something wrong. But And that happened last night. But the, the gentleman that took the Indian order, he nailed it. Um, smooth as, really well done. And yeah, I'm so full still. Like I had dinner 13, 14 hours ago and I'm still so full. It's ridiculous. Damn. But I'm yeah. Starving. Yeah, outside of talking about uh, Indian forced bowel movements, uh, maybe we can talk about what we've been doing. Uh, I'll, I'll briefly touch, only thing I've been playing this week is Destiny 2, to be completely honest. Been back on that train. Uh, <laughs> Iron Banner kicked off this week, so I was rolling some Iron Banner, getting the, the new Iron Banner-themed armor sets. Uh, did a little bit of like exotic quest hunting with NATO. Like It's just been a good, good distraction, good time killer, just jumping out into space killing some mm-hmm. baddies, getting some loot, trashing that loot, gradual incremental upgrades on my on my light score. Like I'm, I think I'm at 1050 now, so I'm climbing oh. slowly, but it takes so long. It, it is a grind and you like, as soon as you like load in, you, especially for the week, you've just got to tick all the boxes, complete like your weeklies, your dailies and everything like that, just so you can get the power, like power engrams after so you can power up. It, it it's it's daunting and like it can seem like tedious and chore like I've I've never really followed it that strictly so that that usually makes me come across as not a dedicated destiny player because but I load <laughs> in and play, I'm a poser <laughs> yeah um I just load in and do what I want to do like usually gambit but sometimes I'm like I'll play some PvP or sometimes I just want to like you know walk around like a planet and just interact with randos and just mm-hmm. do like events on planets and stuff like that. Like I like the destiny has that option, but yeah, apparently if your power level isn't to a certain extent, then you're a hashtag fake fan. Oh, so no. I, I also love um, our listeners who are probably like, thank fuck. Like she stopped playing destiny. We're going to stop hearing about it. And now it's like, <laughs> now you're like so I've started playing destiny. <laughs> Oh, that's great. I, I am going to play like well we're both going to play some squadrons like it only dropped yesterday uh and, mm. and shout out to ea for slinging us a few copies but um yeah we, we'll be playing that tomorrow so we'll have a bit more of a deep dive recap on our experience with squadrons on uh 214 of thg but from from all the chatter around the internet and the initial reviews coming in it's really positive and it's really good yeah it's and the fact nice. it's 50 bucks australian like that is phenomenal in itself that it's not a full-priced hundo dollar game. It's not a complete bank breaker. So yeah. 50 bucks for some Star Wars hotness. Yeah, buddy. Hell yeah. Yeah, but outside of that, I've been watching a lot of things. Same as yourself. Uh, watched the finale for season one of Raised by Wolves this week. Oh, so all 10 episodes are done uh, out in the ether now. Uh, wrapped up the first season nicely. We know it's confirmed for a second season and, and where this goes 
nobody knows like it is there's some crazy shit going on in the end like in this episode 10 uh just just bonkers but really cool as i said i've, I've preached about this a little while over the last few weeks Re- well worth a, a look at like 10 episodes great sci-fi science fiction television ridley scott helmed it i think the finale actually was um written and, and produced by ridley scott's son as well um, oh really so it's it's cool that they've sort of got this real <laughs> incestuous um you know situation going on with this with this franchise but i really enjoyed it i think think the first season was a success was really well done great acting great story great visuals so give that a gander if you want Mm. Uh, latest episode of the boys was fantastic as well like chef's kiss on that that show is just you know firing on on all cylinders uh the latest episode lovecraft country pretty good wasn't as good as the episode six which is still probably one of my favorite things i've seen in a few years from an episodic perspective and then a show I binged over the span of 24 hours uh, called Kings of Pain. I don't know if you've heard of this one before. Maybe. Uh, what's it but, about? So it's it's a, it's a reality TV show. Uh, sort no. of was I think it initially came out on like Discovery or something like that. So mm. there's this Australian um, dude and this American guy and they get together and I can't remember the initial scientist's name from the 80s and 90s, but he made like this uh, one to four pain index based off like insect bites. So, like, if you got stung by a bee, it might be a one, where if you got bit by a bullet ant, it could be a four. So, like, you can gauge how painful these things are. Yeah. And so they've taken this this index scale and increased it out and done three different tiers and they score it out of 10. And then they're going around the world and letting, like, um, friggin' tarantulas bite them, scorpions sting them, centipedes sting them. Uh, they even did, like, stonefish. Like, they captured a stonefish and they put their hand in and, like, smash their hand on the like the spiky um you know quills or whatever you'd call them on the back of the fish yeah um they even let like a big like boa constrictor bite them and this <laughs> this boa constrictor fucked them up like uh the american guy with that bite it actually created like a hematoma in his arm so then the next day they've got like medical experts on site for all this all the time obviously and you can see him like pushing through this blood clot and then it's just like <laughs> like it's it's insane like it's there's not all well, eight episodes and there's a ninth episode which is like a recap and hidden scene crap but yeah they go all around the world catch it capture these bugs and like you know spiders all, all these creepy crawlies snakes fish uh and then other things from the sea and just let them bite them and then gauge like the the pain the the time and then the i guess the viciousness of the of the bite too and then they score it out of 30 and then they make it a new scale. Like it's so dumb, but I couldn't stop watching. But is this for science or are they just doing it for shits and giggles? Um, it's scientific. Like, I like guess is someone both. taking this information and recording it or are they just like, oh, we're just making our own? Yeah. So, so then like the Australian dude, he's, I can't remember like what, um, uh, like he's in the, in the, like in this field, like he is a, an animal expert or something. I can't remember what his certification is. The other dude is just some YOLO bro. Like he's, he's got a, a proper name, but like he's referred to as caveman on this show. So it's like, uh, whatever. Oh, Where's his hat backwards? Probably right. like Chase's forties. That kind of rings a bell. Is he like a survivalist? Yeah. He looks a bit like a survivalist. Like That's he's, he looks like a bells. dude that could be at a, a, like a keg frat party though. Like he's wearing his oh. hat backwards, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like they are using this as a, 
as a scale so you know how vicious animals are and i guess ultimately what to avoid if you come across them like i guess there is some science and some intelligence behind it but just watching these guys do it and then for the like no doubt the producers have told them to also like when they do get bit or stung you know react times 10 instead of it less like just being ah they're like and like hulk like some of them are just carrying on but some of the bites and and the infections and stuff that happens to these dudes after this this attack or this sting it's disgusting i'm sitting there going long term this is gonna fuck you guys up a lot they don't know what it's going to do to them like here's the science of it just don't get bit avoid dangerous animals be safe in the environments you know and then by the time that you like actually get bit stung or whatever you're not going to resort to a fucking chart go oh this is the level of pain i should be feeling right yeah like um, it hurts There was one part which could have gone really south. Like they, yeah. they were in, they're in the Amazon and they caught a heap of piranha and they put them into a tank. I love piranhas. And, and this caveman dude, he got like some ch- like a, a chum, like a bucket of chum. Yeah. So blood and insides and stuff. Glazed his whole arm in this and put his arm into this tank. And you're sitting there going like, are these piranhas just going to go and like chew, chew his arm off? But I guess because he didn't have a, a potential open wound, they didn't really trigger no. But like for that second, you thought, "Fuck, this could go really bad really quickly." No, I actually watched this like whole thing about piranhas, and like I think they did a study. Like, if an animal's dead and motionless, it won't attack. Like, it won't try to eat it, kind of thing. But like, ah, piranhas are great. I just like oh, yeah. I remember growing up and as a kid, like piranhas were was something on your radar where you'd be like scared of like like things I'm scared of in life: spiders you know, bees, the dark, and piranhas. Even though you're not going to, like, you know, encounter piranha, but they were on that list. They're a mean little little creature. But so instead of, yeah, putting his arm in and and them attacking, they actually just, like, grabbed a piranha out of the water and then sort of just held it at his, like, right beside his arm and then, like, latched on. It was like... (laughs) That's pretty bad, yeah. Yeah, it was just... Just some rando show, like yeah, it's it's on one of the Discovery or whatever, but it popped up on Binge, which is the Foxtel streaming service. So I smashed oh. that out during the week. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to see what they do for season two. Like, what is the next animal they're gonna get bitten by or stung by? Like, <laughs> like some of it looked fucked up. Like, like the bird eating spider, like tarantula, seeing its its fangs come out and just fucking punch these these dudes in the arm, and like they're in and it's this like to me like. I know you said one of them's like, you know, like in a special field or whatever like that. But to me, this is like jackass level entertainment of like, yeah. let's just get bit and hurt by things for entertainment's sake, you know, like and call it a show and pretend like we're documenting stuff. Like this feels like jackass. Yeah. Well, remember, remember the jackass offshoot. Remember Wild Boys? It's, it's, oh, I guess it's like that, but just more focused just on getting bit and stung. Like I it's, it's the next level show. of Wild I I loved it too. So much, such a great show. I wish they'd bring though. I don't know if they would. I think they've no, probably lost a little I, bit of that lightning in the bottle. Have you seen the guys? Have you seen how the guys are nowadays? It's semi sad. Yeah, semi sad. Yeah. Is Steve-O at least sober again? I think he's off the drugs. I think he's yeah, a bit straight. I think I th- I'm pretty certain he's pretty straight. He's like, isn't he like vegan and stuff now? Yeah. And like, I never had a problem with him, but yeah. I, I guess too, it's sort of sad in a in a weird way, isn't it? Where probably why that show was so great is because they were pretty unhinged and on some serious shit at the time yeah. and trying to recapture that now wouldn't be the same but no. yeah kings of pain um, 
check it out. It is just ridiculous, dumb stuff. And and they both get bitten too. So like one dude goes first, then the second guy gets bit or stung by the same thing. So I'd, I'd prefer to be the first guy because I would yeah. like to know what happens and, and know the pain that I'm in for. I just, I'd want to go in blind each time. But yeah, it's... <sighs> It's insane, like watching them get st- like the stonefish and stuff like that, and like a lionfish, stuff like this. All these real poisonous, poisonous creatures just getting stabbed and bitten. And <laughs> Kings of Pain, check it out. It's just ridiculous. What about you? Sounds what else ridiculous. you been watching? Well, I quickly jumped into Animal Crossing because the Halloween season has started, um, and I that's perfect for me. Like my my house and my aesthetic on my island was already pretty spooky. So um, I saw a lot of the stuff that was going to be involved, a lot of like, you know, jack-o'-lanterns and pumpkins and spooky stuff. So I'm like, okay, I'll jump in. Let's see what happens. Um, First of all, if you haven't played the game in quite some time, your character exits the house like usual, but your hair is all disheveled. Like you've been sleeping that entire time. And then if you go into your house, there's roaches. So, you got to tread on all them little buggers. I wanted to keep mine, but I accidentally stood on it. Um, <laughs> so, and yeah, the, there's a few weeds around. Um, you get kind of like a bit of sass from your villagers saying, it's been ages. Like, where have you been? I was worried. And it's like, oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, so they're currently selling pumpkins so you can plant pumpkins. And then there's a lot of recipes now where you actually have to use the pumpkins that you grow. Um, there's also like different levels of pumpkins that you can grow depending on how much you water them and look after them and everything. And then this whole thing for actually for Halloween. Um, and you also buy candy, but you can only buy one candy a day. So um, it looks cute. It's very adorable. If you're very like Halloween like focused, like if you're a big fan of Halloween, it's your favorite season. I definitely recommend jumping in. Some of the stuff is pretty cute. You don't get things off like straight away. Like there's not like a massive amount of things available to you. It's obviously going to be like the grind you're familiar with where every day check in at the shop where there'll be one item. Check out for DIYs because your villagers will be doing Halloween DIYs. So, um, but like, you know, especially if it's been a while since you've jumped in, it's a good time to jump in. It's one of the fun seasons. Plus Christmas will come up too. So that'll be pretty cute as well. It looks really cute. Um, I thought about jumping in and I haven't completely closed the door yet, but I don't know if my door would open in Animal Crossing now. Like it's been that long. <laughs> the weeds would long. have just overgrown my island. <laughs> You've got a squatter in your house. And yeah. Everything. Oh, I got rid of Olaf. Olaf came, the Michael Jackson and Eater ugly looking thing. He gone. He came up to me. He goes, I've been thinking about leaving. I'm like, good, good. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Later. Out. See ya. Get out. So... <laughs> That was that was also a very motivating reason to get back into the game. Finally got rid of him. He came up to me, said, I'm thinking about going. Don't write. See you later. Just so happens I've been thinking about kicking you out for all months. <laughs> all my life. Um, so <laughs> that was another reason. Yeah, I'm, I'm genuinely curious to know who's on my island still or if they've all just ghosted like that lion did that guy. time. Oh, <laughs> that, that was funny. But I don't think they'll leave. I don't think they'll leave. I'm actually really sad because my best friend, Apple, she didn't really acknowledge that I was gone. <laughs> she actually came up to me and said, I'm thinking about changing my slogan. And I'm like, really? I haven't been here for a while. And that's yeah. okay. Right. All right. And that's the first thing you that's say. That's the first thing you're worried about. Okay. All right. I see where I sit with you, girl. Okay. Yeah. So. How long? It runs all, all of October, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. All of October. Yeah. And then on the 31st, there's actually a special event. So nice. Um, nice. get involved with that as well. 
Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I got to charge my Switch. It is so flat and so dead. Like, I there's, haven't taken it out of its case. In... There's actually a few things now I want to play on the Switch. Like, um, what's it? Is, it? is it Diddy Kong Country? Is that what it's called? Or... Oh, Diddy Kong's Quest. Is that what it is? Donkey like... Kong Country, Diddy Kong's Quest, number two. Uh, I think so. It's like, it's so the one good. with the sister, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, with Dixie Kong. So I never played, like I didn't have like a Nintendo growing up, but I had an emulator. Um, And I remember that one being really fun. So I actually want to go back and see if it is as fun as I remember. It's great. So I've got it's to great. Jump back on once, that. once you're done playing it, go check out the uh, Hungry Game Show episode with Jamie Penning Ooh. crushing the trivia game because it is uh, one of his favorite games of all time. He oh, is so the, uh, the Donkey Kong Country savant. So I'll have yeah. to check it out. Um, and then apart from that, it's just been a lot of watching as well. Um, last week you were like, Hey, there's this really cool, like crime, like serial killer TV show. I was like, yeah, that sounds great. I'll watch it. Instead, I decided to (laughs) watch a show called Bosch. Now, completely random prime TV kind of like TV show that was on. And it is like your standard, like detective, LA detective solving like a case of like a serial killer. And it's so good. Like... It, so it is good because I've seen it on my Amazon Prime scrolling a few times because it's been out a while too. Yeah, yeah, it's been at like 2014, I think, when it, when it first aired. Um, it's got um, Titus Welliver. I think some people would know him from like Lost. I think he was the Man in Black. Lost um, and Sons of Anarchy he was in as well. Yeah, and Deadwood apparently. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, also, Lance Reddick is in this as well. Zavala from Destiny, and it fucks me up. I kind of like his voice is the same. Um, it's and, the best voice. Like it is one of the best voices in, is in media. Am- it is an amazing voice. But like when you hear, it, like when you associate it with something that you care about so deeply, like like Destiny, and so you, you're imagining Zavala, and then you hear him say like things like, "This time we've shit the bed," and I'm like wait, hang on, what? And then, like, talking about, like, Viagra and stuff and, like, drugs and, like... And I'm like, oh, Savala, what the hell's going on, mate? Mm. Um, I really think there's, a, you know, possibility for a really fun edit there as well. But back to the show, if you like your, you know, your detective, like, serial killer crime show kind of thing, it's actually really good. Um, okay. I The pacing's pretty decent. It doesn't try too hard. Like, you know how a lot of those shows try a little too hard? I feel like this show is actually pretty leveled and pretty honest. Um, there's a lot of small details that I think they get right. Um, you know, it's your standard kind of like washed up guy down on his luck, divorced, you know, has a bad relationship with his daughter kind of thing. But it, it all works out and it's all consistent um, storylines. So as things develop, they, they stay true. They stay on track. They never try to overshoot themselves that like a lot of shows do. And it's it's good watching. Like considering I had no interest in this and my partner just like put it on and like <laughs> I obviously heard serial killer and I was like, Oh hello. Um and <laughs> but then we watched the whole season one within a week. Um so we're already started season two. So That's I, a sign I, of good television. When you yeah, when you exactly. can smack a season within a really compressed period of time, it's like, okay, it's hooks are in me. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's good. Like, so, you know, for all people like me who like those kind of shows, like your Law and Order, I wouldn't really say like your NCIS or anything like that, but like just general detective work. And there's a lot of like, like 
good detailing where you think you're on the right case or you're on the right track and then they completely they find a clue or they find something and then it really sends you through a loop i think they do that really well not like those kind of jarring ones where you're like oh come on like you know that's not realistic nah this one's good it's very steady so it's called bosch b-o-s-c-h for anyone that's interested yeah the german electronics and everything company yeah he has like his name's henry but his actual real name in the show is like really, really long and I can't even remember. Yeah, Hieronymus. Uh, that's, that's it. Hieronymus Bosch. Uh, his mother was a prostitute. Oh um, God, seven seasons are. though. So there's a seventh See? season coming. That's the last. So you've got a little bit more binging up your sleeve. Damn right. Uh, yeah, so I recommend it. Um, the other thing I finally watched uh, was Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai, mm-hmm. something I've been mm-hmm. meaning to watch for ages. It's like, I love Karate Kid. I love like the Cobra Kai kind of mentality and everything like that. Look, I want to say one thing. Um, this The show's good. I, I like it. It's not serious. It's not, I wouldn't call it like triple A, maybe not even double A in production. Half A. <laughs> maybe a half A. Um, but I, it, it's enough to get me by as like something to throw on in the background. Um, I'm assuming if it has a soundtrack, it's amazing. Um, it is so 80s rock. Like, you know, they obviously took the good elements of, you know, what it was based from and then took those, like, t- took that music and then placed it into this movie. But there's just something really unsettling about a grown man that has this chip on his shoulder from when he was a kid from high school. And it's really, it's it's borderline sad and frustrating where I'm like, come on, like, really, you you couldn't get your life together because of something that happened to you in high school? Mm-hmm. Like, so, you know, and Daniel, how do you say his last name? Lazo? La- Daniel LaRusso? LaRusso, that's it. Um He's a shit too. I don't like him as a person either. Um, and I don't like, <laughs> the thing I don't like is like, it's the whole, it's supposed to be the contrast, right? Where it's like bad guy from, you know, Karate Kid ends up, you know, resulting in having a shitty life and, you know, trying to get his shit together kind of thing. But Daniel, the hero of Karate Kid, everything's perfect for him. And then like when you follow Daniel around, it's like, this is this is ridiculous like happy family beautiful home yeah, like car amazing mogul. life <laughs> you know it took me a quick second to go why car mogul oh now i remember because of the car like oh the know. wax on wax yeah, off yeah so you know he got an interest in cars that way but like i was just like oh and then the free freaking bonsai tree with every purchase and i'm like oh daniel really yeah um, it, was, it was very on the nose like i like that it was a nod to the films because it was such a big part it's, of the movies, but it's, it's like, less a nod and more like a little slap in your face. Like, get it? Yeah, get just it? Forced right into your into <laughs> <Yeah>. your eyes. <laughs> so the show's fine. Like, it, like I said, it's a very good background show. Um, you don't have to be too invested into it. Um, there's a lot of references from you know any time that you watched it. You know, as a kid or however, whatever age you watched, you know the original Karate Kid movie. Um, but yeah, it's it's very on the nose. There's a lot of cheese factor on there, a lot of like just straight up like them smacking you in the face with references from you know Karate Kid and everything like that. Um, but you know, it's fine. Like it's good. It's good TV. It's mm. it's fine. So um, I'll continue watching it. Uh, you guys said it got better as yeah. I think like it's still. 
a lot of 80s cheese but like i like that i guess it's sort of self-aware in a way that it's trying to just bring a lot of 80s vibe back to it like i know it's set 30 odd years or whatever since the movies and they're grown adults now but it still takes a lot of i guess what made the movies great or memorable in a way but um yeah it's cool it's cool and just seeing these two old washed up karate <laughs> you know ubicans trying to get through life in their you know 50s or whatever it's just hilarious yeah two grown men that had an interaction apparently never once crossed paths since then even though they both clearly lived in the same area like i yeah. understand like la or the la area or the valley or whatever like it's still big but i just feel like at that age between the ages of like what what would have they been like 17 in that movie yeah about there late yeah. teens yeah late teens 17 whatever and now they're clearly like what in their 40s late 40s mm. it's like no you, your paths would have crossed it just it feels like it feels like we all missed the gap of their lives that they also missed and it's like pretty evident so yeah but it's yeah. fine it's fine i wouldn't take the show too seriously yeah, it's it's easy watching. Like there's uh, a third season coming out in January, and they've also already renewed it for a fourth season because it is it is popping off on Netflix. Like it, it landed on there in June, and it's just going bonkers now. So uh, yeah, power power to everyone getting on board with it. Like, and it's good to see because it was just a shitty old like web series. Really, it was on YouTube it was, Premium. It was on YouTube, yeah. And now it's now it's finding its legs, and and a couple of I guess almost you could say washed actors from the 80s uh of getting their star put back up into the lights oh. again you know oh, like, i'd say washed <laughs> i'd say pretty yeah. washed yeah 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 so so that's cool in a way i guess seeing these people get a bit of lightning in the bottle from something they did 30 odd years ago now they're relevant again and, and all these new people are coming to karate kid and probably will then boost film sales and get more eyes on the initials and the original films and stuff like that so yeah, like it's cool. I'm I'm happy for it to have some success. Yeah, but like I kind of thought that they were going to be smart about the whole like because everyone said it's like oh you know you find out that really like Daniel was a bit of a dick like you know they but he just straight up comes out and says it. He's like you stole my girlfriend, and mm. you won on an illegal move, and Lena was just like oh what do you mean? And then like that was it. And I'm like I kind of feel like we should elaborate more on here, but yeah. you know whatever. Yeah. See Whatever. all all that all that came out of my viewing of this is like, yep, car dealership owners or car dealership salesmen, they're pretty dodgy. You know, you always gotta be mindful. No, they always make it like they make Daniel look like just the best guy. Like he's I see nice through guy. that. Bad, I see through dad. them fake bonsais. Dodgy dad, but you know, everything else. He's just perfect life. And yeah, it's just that weird gap that seems to be missing from when they were teenagers to you know, grown men. It's weird. But see, like, I, I love bonsais. Like, I would love to to get into them and have more of them. But there is so much work in oh, having really? a bonsai and make them successful and, and healthy and make them grow. So, like, I see Daniel like doing that. And I'm like, that's mean of you because that that in itself is like a... <laughs> just gave someone like a chore. A, yeah, like a tree-like child. Like, you've got to care for this thing. You can't just water it once a week and let it go. Like, there's a lot of maintenance and R&R involved with with bonsai trees so i'm like i see through your your facade there uh, daniel i'm onto you mate like, like i'm LaRusso, onto you. larusso wax or something give that away mm -hmm. <laughs> with yeah. a new car, i'd, I'd buy some of that 
Yeah, so plenty of things to watch out there, people in the 8-Bit Nation, if, if you're looking for some some viewing while you wait for the next big wave of game releases that are dropping you know, end of this month and then into November with the, the next-gen deployment. I guess one quick thing I just wanted to say, fingers crossed that email you received from Amazon <laughs> regarding your day one shipment. Those bastards. Uh, is a hoax. Ah, oh, so now like like everything like with the emails with amazon and what seems like to be america like just you may have a console you may not so mm. yeah that's, when that's you message me that saying that email like i've been refreshing my inbox like several times a day waiting for that email to hit mine as well but so far it's me touching that wood uh <laughs> i have not received one yet so i should have it day one but who knows because logistics uh, screwed here in Australia and no doubt around the rest of the world too. They you know, they can't really guarantee even overnight delivery and what have you. So we'll see. It's one thing we'll we see do next well month. Over here. It's doing well. Like uh, like deliveries. I ordered something like on Wednesday and got it Thursday. That I was love magic. Stuff like that. I don't that I don't think I could come back to Australia just for that alone. Once you have that power, it's <laughs> Yeah, like we're getting luck, like we're getting a big Amazon distribution center here in Brizzy near the airport. So they're oh, going to be then guaranteeing same day deliveries, which is pretty juicy. So it costs. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, a little quick bit of housekeeping before we jump into some news. Obviously, 8bitnation.net or 8bit.net are your main primary hubs to get all that 8 bit related content. Uh, shop 8bit.net if you want to get some of that sexy, sexy merch uh, t shirts, hoodies, caps. All that stuff. You want to deck yourself out head to toe on 8-Bit Swagger. You can get all that at shop8bit.net. Uh, when you're done checking that out, obviously, audiotechnica.com or audiotechnica.com.au for the ANZ-based listeners. Get yourself some fantastic headphones, microphones, gaming headsets, turntables, in-ear, over-ear, Bluetooth, noise cancelling, all that stuff. It is all there. Fantastic quality, fantastic price point, and uh, the best audio equipment in the biz, you know, 100%. We've been using this since day one before we even partnered up with Audio Technica. It's been our go-to since episode number one of THG. Maybe don't go listen to TH1, episode one of THG because it is a beautiful disaster, but, uh, you know, rough, as, <laughs> as the boys would say. But yeah, audiotechnica.com, audiotechnica.com.au to get yourself some sweet, sweet audio-based gear from there. And last but certainly not least, be sure to rate, review, subscribe us as well as all the other podcasts you're listening to on the regular, on iTunes, on Spotify, or whatever podcast player you are digesting this content on because those ratings and reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. Thank you in advance for that. We love you. And one quick last message, Friday, October 23rd, put in your calendar if you haven't already. That is the next 8-Bit Community Night, which is going to be broadcast live over on twitch.tv forward slash we are 8-Bit. So Friday, October 23rd, Australian dates we're talking here, Australian time. So we're going to be running at around probably 7 p.m., 7.30 kickoff Australian time. So I think daylight savings are kicking on again soon, but we're going oh. to be talking 7.30 Queensland time, just a heads up. So if daylight savings are running then, which I think may or may not be the case, that will be 8 o'clock for the, the rest of the country really, but oh, outside of Perth, which is two hours back, which is a whole other thing. Anyway, time zones, 7.30 <laughs> Queensland time is when this is going to be kicking off. So uh, yeah, lock that into your calendar. But let's get into some news. This week's news headlines. Enzi first, little quick hitter. The next Super Smash Brothers Ultimate character is dun, 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 Minecraft Steve. He is the latest character to join the bulging 
bulging Super Smash Bros. Ultimate roster. And that's not all, listeners. Alex, Zombie, and Enderman will also be playable fighters. This happened earlier this week uh, via a... It was like a video, five-minute video. Yeah, weird, (laughs) weird, weird, weird. But um, yeah, four more characters are still to come to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate as part of its second fighter pass. So this... I don't even have a needle to move on this. Like, I've got zero skin in this game. Like, people were upset. A lot of people, like, a good chunk of people were upset. A lot of people feel like it doesn't belong in the game for whatever reason. I think it's a good addition. I think it's a nice, unique character kind of model to put in there. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's Minecraft. It's, a, you know, one of the world's most popular games. Um, and then Steve, you know, Steve's a you know iconic character in itself. Um, I'm kind of disappointed that you know you also can play as the zombie and Enderman. Um, I also wish that they did something a bit more creative with the like ultimate move, like the special. Um, I was kind of hoping that they would like you know bring maybe like a portal, send them to like the, the like Nether or whatever. Yeah, and have big the Ender, ender Dragon comes see, in or something. Yes, see, same wavelength. A big Ender Dragon comes in and like blows fire on them all or whatever but like no i think it's like he throws them into a house and blows them up or some shit yeah either either way like i'm fine with the character i reckon it's a fine addition um i don't understand why people are really upset there's more characters to come i'm just happy it's not like another like jprg freaking sword wielding pretty character kind of thing because but imagine if it was someone from saint Seiya. You'd be all about that. I mean, that's fun. I just don't know how many people would know who it is. Um, Saint Seiya! Uh, see, I hope everyone enjoyed that. I really do. Um, but, uh, like, I, I think it's fine. I, I'd be interested to see what I was following in regards to characters that are going to be added. Apparently, um, this this discussion to bring some Minecraft characters into this this universe, the, the talks have been going on for like five plus years to try really? and get to some form of agreement. So it's been wow. it's been happening for a while, but I guess they couldn't agree on terms or financial compensation to Microsoft as far as what was going to happen there. But hmm. yeah, it's cool. I, I I think the biggest takeaway for me is seeing publish your own IPs. Like obviously, Minecraft's on everything. You can play it on the Switch and stuff like that. That's cool, but seeing more of this friendship and and bond between Microsoft and Nintendo where they are sort of sharing IPs and bringing characters from universes onto other platforms. So I think that's cool. I've I've got no real beef about Minecraft characters being in Smash. Like, yeah, there is a story and whatever else they try and weave into it. But to be honest, I dare say 99% of the people out there that are Smash fans just, just want to play a good smash game want to get in that frenzied combat they're not too worried about how you're going to weave steve and alex and a you know an enderman in into the the universe and, and flesh out a story like i couldn't really care about that yeah. i could be wrong there's probably purists I'm, out there that like no that's not the case but i'm assuming for the most part like whenever a new character is introduced like there's a chance that like the meta gets changed like you mm. know there's a new character so there's a new way to fight against it or you know fight with it or whatever like that but i mean uh, that's that's dedicated players i'm a casual at best i'm also happy that there's a minecraft stage i just really love the stages that's usually when i get happy when the stage gets entered in i think it's like 150 yeah. now maybe more that's insane 
insane but yeah i'm curious to see who the next wave of four characters are going to come if they're all going to be from one franchise like what they're doing here or mm. if they're going to be from multiple so we don't probably have to wait too long for another unique several minute video where mario gets punched into another realm and <laughs> sees these characters or whatever else they're going to do <laughs> yeah uh, Broke something Twitter that too talking about waiting you're gonna to have to wait a little bit longer blizzard has announced it is delaying the release for the next major world of warcraft expansions shadowlands the next expansion will not be released on october 27th as originally planned and there is currently no replacement date announced in a blog post addressed to the wow community blizzard announced it made the difficult decision to delay shadowlands to in quotes later this year World of Warcraft executive producer John Height says that this was the right decision for the game and for our players. So another uh, COVID-related delay is what I'd put this down to, like uh, Probably, obviously yeah. working from home and all that kind of stuff. Uh, big expansion. I think I heard the collective hearts of most WoW players break when this dropped uh, in the last 24 hours ago because at the moment there's just nothing really new to do in WoW. Like talking to Ryan who lives and breathes this game, Know, 60 plus hours a week every week type of thing he's starting to play different things and do different things because he's like pretty much done it i got nothing to do like i roll around on there still but i'm just waiting for this next expansions to uh, to really get back in and and find that love for wow again but now they're waiting longer all these wow heads out there are crying and very upset and but it's the world we live in you know it's necessary yeah, I'm a bit surprised, like, obviously pretty close-minded thought process here, but WoW to me has always seemed like much of the same. Um, I know, Destiny player. Um, but so it's kind of, like, surprising to me that they're, like, kind of sitting there twiddling their thumbs with nothing to do. I didn't realize, like, these kind of, like, expansions. How often do expansions come out for WoW? You, you get a big one every, I'd say, two years like okay. my my measure my maths could be off but it feels like every two years you're getting a major expansion which is going to open up new areas in the map new classes often pop in uh potentially they'll sneak a new race or two in as well so you get a lot of meat on the bone for when these expansions do drop okay uh, so so yeah it's it's a little little disheartening for for wow fans out there but at least at least they've said later this year, so you might not have to wait too long. It could be could be a month or so, as opposed to twenty twenty one sometime. So, yeah. yeah. Wow, huh? But uh, what what I, I guess what Blizzard could have done is what uh, City Project Red are doing, and they're making uh, yeah their stuff work six day weeks ahead of their launch to to meet the uh, meet the release date. So this little nugget uh, came out via Blomberg. Polish video game developer City Project Red told employees on Monday that six-day work weeks will be mandatory leading up to the November release of the highly anticipated Cyberpunk 2077, reneging on an earlier promise to not force overtime on the project. So crunch is running rampant through mm. Poland right now at City Project Red. Uh, this is all obviously on the back of the initial delay when this game was slated for you know, an April release, kicked kick down the line seven months, and now they're like, fuck. We're not going to meet this November. meet this release in what is it now seven weeks thereabouts when this game's due out. So they are burning the candle at both ends, yeah, uh, to to try and make that date. I, this this article and this like um well this particular you know topic about crunch was very interesting this time around. Um, I'll, the, 
I guess because it is such a cherished game now, like one that's definitely anticipated, there's a, like a lot of people who now seem to be pro-crunch. Like, there, like there's a lot of people there that are just like, it's expected, it has to happen. Like, you know, th- you know, why, why is this a news story? We all know what happens kind of thing. Um, and I think it's kind of like a really sad attitude that we're all being like brought to. There also the attitude of, oh, I work in this industry. We have crunch. So what's the difference? It's like the, the, mm. the, the, the point is, is that this shouldn't happen. Like I, I know that I noticed from like, you know, you know, office industry or whatever like that, but it doesn't matter where you work there's now an expectation of you having to work more than what's required of you. And it's almost like a, well, you can't say no because then you're a bad team player and you're a bad worker. And it's like people that don't take sick days because of whatever reason. And then they work the overtime without pay because they don't want to look like a bad employee. And Mm -hmm. this one in particular, the wording is mandatory crunch, like mandatory six day work weeks. So, you know, even if it was like, you know, optional, there's probably still that stigma of like, well, if you don't help out, you're a bad teammate, you know, kind of yep. thing. So you, I just, you're either on the bus or you're, you're off. Yeah, it's it's about essentially I think this article was good in the fact of just highlighting that it still exists. It doesn't matter how much time you give a project. They are still constantly putting their you know stuff in health risk because it is a health risk you know requiring people to work more than what's required of them it's physically draining it's mentally draining um it's not good for mental health and i think that it just needs to be brought to light to be honest in all industries um but i mean this is the one that we devour and we benefit from we get to play the game so i think if we're going to buy the game and enjoy the game let's hear exactly what sacrifices were made it to get to our hands hundred percent hundred percent and like what you touched on regarding all industries like that like i'm 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 a big big uh component of that at the moment like with the whole work from home scenario like i'm I'm not the only one in that situation no doubt like mm. because you're cutting down that commute time to typically go to the office or the first meeting like i'm getting up at seven have my first coffee and start work then you know and then you, you find yourself just just working right up until dinner time when you're yeah. only paid for, you know, eight hours and then of a night time, it's like, oh, I don't really have much to do. I'll just get the laptop out while I'm watching a bit of TV and do a bit more work. You're like, you need to be very mindful as far as a clear start and end time with, with your work practices and and even just have some kind of like physical off switch. Like, you know, if you've got your little home office, you, you go in there every morning and, you know, flick that light switch on and that's the start. And when you're walking out there, turn it off. And it's like, you know, so you can mentally switch on and off and get out of that space. Otherwise, you're just stuck in this vicious, vicious cycle mm. and it's not good for your health. And, um, yeah, I feel for, for City Project Red and obviously they're not the, the first, not the last that are going to fall into this crunch discussion. But uh, the good thing is on on the back of that is obviously they're going to be paid uh, they're going to be compensated for the overtime and things like that. Um, yeah, Badowski, who's the the studio head there, did come out and sort of put his hand up and be like, "I'm sorry." Uh, some of the quote he's like, "I know this is the in the direct opposition to what we've said earlier about crunch, 
but this is what we need to do to to navigate the situation. And he's also confirmed that um they can still continue to count on the bonus payouts that they get, which uh you know they get a percentage of the ten percent of the company's annual profits between the staff. So it's at least good that they're saying we're not going to just work you to the bone and then throw you out to the trash like it's some of the other developers do yeah. where they're you know contract workers and then the game's done at C and you get sweet sweet fa so at least they are going to get paid for the time they put in and, and that's at a bare minimum what you should be expecting and demanding you oh know? yeah exactly if 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 you are being made to work the hours of essentially you'd want to be you know compensated for the time so you know yeah yeah but yeah, this is that's just the world we're living in like COVID and restrictions and not having that direct touch in some industries can be really detrimental to to getting projects out on time especially in the, the creative media space like this where you do need to potentially be beside the other uh, other devs and whatever else that are working on certain things to make sure that that project keeps moving but uh yeah hopefully hopefully that all goes well and goes smoothly um the next bit of news Twitch has rolled out soundtrack beta to give streamers rights cleared music. And uh, this is a little tidbit from GameSpot. Licensed music has been an issue for many streamers in the past with takedown notices coming from rights holders and making certain games complicated to stream or post videos of. It made streaming games with big licensed soundtracks like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 Plus 2 very difficult. Twitch is testing a solution to this issue using an app called Soundtrack by Twitch, which will allow streamers to play licensed cleared music in their streams. The current beta is compatible with OBS Studio v, uh, version 26.0 or later, and compatibility with Twitch Studio and Stream Elements OBS is planned. Streamers can join a waitlist now and invites to the program will be sent out over email in the coming weeks. Mm. So, it's cool. Uh, I know there has been a lot of a lot of situations regarding regarding takedowns and things on your vods and what have you and, and people getting slapped pretty hard for for playing music without the appropriate approvals from those initial rights holders um you know i think i think background music really adds to a stream like you don't yeah. want it to take away from the banter but it just cuts out a lot of that dead air definitely uh, so so it's cool that uh twitch are looking at ways to to implement that back into their rotation uh, from my understanding of the situation, they've got uh, curator playlists by by staff of Twitch, but then they've also got like radio stations, you could say, based off certain music genres. So you mm. could pick uh, like a, an R&B or a lo-fi hip-hop beats one and it'll just play through that and you can't skip, but with the playlist, you'll be able to jump between tracks. So mm. I think it's cool. Um, like good on Twitch for at least trying to address and deal with this situation because... You know, this year when this first started popping off, a lot of streamers were very up in arms, uh, which makes no sense because yes, the the owners of this music should be getting paid for utilizing their their services. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I think it's cool. What do you reckon? I mean, I understand Twitch does have to essentially provide maybe a a solution to a problem that it exclusively affects their streamers. There are alternatives. A lot of people have found alternative. Um, streaming playlist kind of sites that do have royalty free music available um so i mean i it's interesting that twitch themselves are kind of getting on board and trying to solve the problem when a lot of people have probably networked now and found you know the equivalent you know solution um it's interesting to see that they're going to be doing a beta you have to be on a wait list so it seems like they're still ironing out the kinks of this it's obviously not as 
you know, clean cut as, you know, that they've kind of established here. They were obviously still in the works with it. Um, I like, I know it's a no da situation of like, yeah, of course people who like write music should get, you know, royalties from it being played, you know, kind of thing. But I've got to be honest, Twitch was a great place for me to discover new music. <laughs> I mm. don't know how many times I'd be in a stream and someone would be playing music. I'd be like, what is this? This is great. And then I would find new music thanks to them. Like um, I've discovered like music like Polyphia. Um, I never heard of them before. And I found that on a stream and I absolutely adore them. Like a lot of like the synth pop that like I never knew about, I found through streamers. Like, so it's a shame that like, I'm going to have to find my music my own way. Um, but it's understandable. I just, hope this is a solution that like helps out a lot of streamers because i know a lot of people just out of nowhere started getting like like clocked and like i don't know if anyone got banned for it but a lot of people got strikes so yeah a lot, a lot of strikes and a lot of takedowns of odds and stuff like that and yeah it's, it's it's a tricky situation to navigate and and i get it from from all fronts like yeah as the musician you want to get you want to get paid or get your acknowledgement for the product that people are streaming for free in essence really so mm. you, you want to get you want to get your own uh but yeah the streamers they need to be smart about it twitch as well and, and the various streaming platforms need to be smart about it too because obviously unless they're buying the licensing to have these broadcasts on their platforms they could get hit with giant 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 um you know legal legal situations and, and potential fines and, and be sued for a lot of money so yeah exactly yeah. especially if you've you know you're taking on a service saying like yep royalty fee you'll be fine and then so you use it and the next thing you know you get like clocked you're like well what's the go you i mm. you told me the service was fine so it's yeah double-edged sword a lot of people are going to get hurt for that 100%. But I do know uh, there is some good lists out there that you can have a look at. People have started to correlate music that has been um, approved or whether that from be from the artists themselves or the record companies that, that are representing slash, I guess you could say, own that artist or, or their IP. Mm. Uh, and you can find out what is safe to, to broadcast in the back end of your stream. So so just do some Googling. Or if I remember, I'll put it in the, uh, the notes of this episode. I've, I've found a pretty good list. Oh, as far cool. as what you can and can't play. So, um, yeah, I'll put that in there. And the last bit of news this week uh, has generated a little bit of hullabaloo out oh. there. Uh, and the, the headline is, Insomniac's giving Spider-Man a Tom Holland-esque makeover in its new PS5 remaster. This comes via way of Matt Wales over there at Eurogamer. Despite some controversy following its unveiling, excitement is still high for Insomniac's PlayStation 5 remaster. And the developer has now given a more thorough look at the enhancements coming to Sony's new console, including a rather Tom Holland-esque makeover for its web-singing lead, which is due out in November. Peter Parker's youthful new looks comes as part of a huge upgrade for characters in the remaster. Insomniac claims it has cast Ben Jordan to be the new face model, uh, to be the new face model for Peter Parker on PS5 in order to better match actor Yuri Lowenthal's facial captor. Uh, facial capture and not you know to bring it more in line with marvel's massively bankable movies Ooh. but other characters have received visual upgrades too insomniac says to expect higher fidelity skin eye and teeth shaders as well as individually rendered strands of hair all of which it hopes will bring new life to familiar characters of course the graphical enhancements go way beyond characters and the delightfully vert vertigenius vertigenius 
Virginia. And the delightfully Virginia's back uh, playground of Manhattan has also received notable upgrades as part of Insomniac's remaster. The developer says has done painstakingly, uh, it has done painstaking work on the city to take advantage of PS5, delivering improved models and materials, as well as ray-traced reflections and ambient shadows. It looks stunning with our new skies and weather Insomniac's in- Insomniac enthuses. Additionally, the game now targets a 60 FPS frame rate, which is interesting because that's frame per second frame rate. That's that's some bad wording there, Eurogamer. Now targets a 60 FPS frame rate when played in performance mode and there's support for spatial 3D audio as well as haptic feedback and adaptive triggers via PlayStation 5's DualSense controller. Insomniac also promises near instant loading but notes that players can turn on the original game's humorous fast the game's humorous fast travel animations if they prefer, which is obviously where he's riding the subway, you know, hanging out, checking his phone. I didn't find them humorous. I thought it was cool as a way to break it up, but I wasn't laughing. But anyway, elsewhere, Insomniac says it's carried a number of new photo mode features over from Spider-Man Miles Morales, meaning lights can now be placed around the environment to illuminate a shot and spider suits, uh, spider suits can be switched when everything's framed up too. And on the subject of spider suits, the developer even offered a glimpse of the amazing suit, one of three new suits being added to the remaster. So, yeah, they're just going back to the well, remastering a game that came out a couple of years ago, trying to get more blood out of the stone. Yeah. Um, The character model, I prefer the old one to be 110% honest. Like, I'm not going to pitchfork and carry on like a lot of the internet has about this. That was, yeah, that was intense. Like, a lot of, I didn't realize people felt so passionately about, like, that sort of stuff. Like, I I get it um, because this game was a lot of people's, like, game of the year kind of thing. Like, it had such an impact because it was such a great game for people. So I guess it's kind of like getting accustomed to a character and then them just, recasting your character like yeah. recasting the character that you came to know so i get that um so i but i just you know there's no reason to be a dick like you can be angry you can be a little upset but just don't be a dick um yeah. I, th- I think i'd be more upset if they recast yuri because the the vocal delivery and the emotion i think is what's more oh, relatable that- and more important to me in a character so Fair enough, they've they've pretty much tried to get as close to Tom Holland without having to pay Tom Holland to do this because you know, <laughs> Spider-Man is on everybody's lips and there's this multiverse they're trying to do now and you see the rumours of Jamie Foxx coming back as Electro again but he was oh, from yeah. one of the other Spider-Man universes and, and you know, it's a whole thing. So they're, they're trying to build this out and having a character that you go, oh, is that Tom Holland? And then you're like, oh, no, but it really looks like him. Like, I, I don't think it looks like Tom Holland. I'm neither prob- do I. Yeah, I don't make that connection. I don't like the new model. Um, He's just gone from, like, you know, 20 to, like, 15. Like, he yeah. looks so young and his skin is, like, just so, like, pudgy and soft, like a, like a preteen, like, you know, mm. like, it's just... It doesn't. It doesn't sit right with me. I didn't actually play the game, so like I don't have that like kind of like familiar like interest, invested interest in actually the ca- character model. But based on just on visual appearance, the kid looks weird. 
like seeing like what the what a person had and what you're seeing now and i understand like he's he's not a, in high school right like he's now this is eight years into the spider-man journey so he's like a, a mid-20s type of dude yeah and this kid now looks like as you said like he's 15 years old yeah so it doesn't it doesn't look right so <laughs> um I, I can see i can see what the hubbub is about i i did they actually confirm that like or is it kind of like slide under like then they're trying to make it look like Tom Holland, but they're saying that they're not actually doing that. It's just purely they couldn't. They they're trying to find the right face to match like Yuri's. Yeah, yeah. They're just saying it's a better match. Like I think, uh-huh. yeah, they're saying but not saying type of thing gotcha. in, in the way they're they're wording it and, and pitching it. Like, yeah, it's it is what it is. Like it's a phenomenal game. Anyone that hasn't played it highly recommend it like it is it is one of the best games of the last few years and it's it's one of the best superhero related games i've ever played uh phenomenal everyone loves it obviously we've got miles morales dropping dropping this year as well so yeah maybe that we're going to see a potential little bundle where you could get the two games for a, a reduced combined price and you can go through and get both experiences which would be cool um maybe i mean but yeah it's it's crazy that they're doing an upgrade this quick. Yeah. It also looked like a lot of people were getting angry on Yuri's behalf. Um, but he seemed pretty cool about it. Like, like we know like Yuri's a pretty cool dude. Like, if you've watched Jono's um, PAX panel that he had, um, he's an all-around cool dude. So it seems like Yuri's pretty okay with it, like, you know, considering. So it seems like other people 100%. Just- yeah, so uh, I guess that could weave nicely if we just sweet of the week fire that uh, fire that uh, soundbite cannon, and that does come from the man himself, Yuri Lowenthal. You can find him at Yuri Lowenthal on the Twitters, and this tweet simply reads: "I just hope y'all are as fired up about voting and fighting white supremacy as you are about Peter Parker's face." Hey. <laughs> perfect tweet, perfect tweet. Obviously, nice. this is on the back of um, the the Trump Biden uh, live debate. Where, where Trump was just doing all he could to avoid squashing any form of support for white supremacists, really. Like, it was it was a mess. Like, I'm not a political guy. Like, I don't pretend to be. I, I watch and consume the media and read the news and stuff, but I don't probably have mature enough or well-developed enough opinions to, to get too deep in all that. And I'm yeah. not one to try and get out in the weeds on things I don't know much about. But, like, I know what I like and I know what I like visually and and when i hear it and just i think i've got a pretty good judge of character and i'll trumpy yeah he uh wasn't like i guess neither of them really done themselves a huge amount of favors overall it was a bit of a wash it was just a couple of old fools yelling up on stage and talking over one another but yeah it's not hard to to stomp out racism and say yes you don't support known things like white supremacy in these certain groups like you know stop being so fearful of the white vote and just be like yes this this shit does not fly we we're fully denouncing that we don't back them fuck them like i know they'd never say fuck them on on one of those debates might as well it was a free-for-all yeah but um yeah yuri just i think yuri just speaking for not only games media games fans games community but also american culture and global culture as a whole with that one tweet i think it perfectly (laughs) captures the world in a nutshell at that period of time there but uh yeah yeah i feel for you because you're you're living it over there yeah uh, you are you are 
well well deep in the uh in the in the mud by golly did i pick a time to live here um and it sucks because like sometimes you know if you're not happy about something the best thing to do is you know cause action and i can't even do that <laughs> can't yeah. even vote so um yeah it's it's scary frustrating um but more suppose like more for like you know anyone that is a victim of these like you know like horrible actions of like the white supremacists essentially and you know pretty much the climate that's been created like i'm not gonna say created because like racism and all that sort of hatred is or has always been around but i just feel like it's been amplified and almost kind of let loose they've kind of been told that there's no repercussion and even when the president doesn't say you know he's against it it's kind of hmm. so it's more i'm more like fearful and like concerned for like those that are essentially victim to it like constantly daily so yeah. freedom of speech man and all that <sighs> but like yeah like yeah f- you got free speech but you're not free of consequences the way i believe it should be but exactly. he's free of both so yeah is what it not is free of uh, COVID, hopefully though. yeah sucked in <laughs> but uh anyway let's let's leave that at that um, gamers go political that's it that's it. I can't think of a witty political based pun to rename the podcast right now. It'll come to me. But it's while, uh, while Call I think about that. Cast. Sorry. New I hate releases politics. and events. <laughs> me too. But as I said, I just don't know enough about it. So I'm, I'm avoiding getting into that swamp. Uh, this week, not a huge amount of games coming out. Like there's, there's one I think that probably stands above, oh, maybe two, just based off volume of units that are going to get moved and that would be fifa 21 comes out this week i'm not i'm not a soccer guy or a football guy but a lot of the world is a lot of the world's pretty horny for this game coming out so that's dropping out on october 9 slash 10 depending on where you are in the world and probably the other one i wanted to mention Baldur's gate 3 getting that early access so it's not the full release it's sort of like an alpha beta type level but it's going to be available on pc and stadia from this week on october the 6th what? So I don't know why I'm laughing that it's available on Stadia. It's like, yeah. I wonder what the player base is on Stadia. I think that they just bought in. They they paid up, paid up, and said we need this as a bit of a bit of a tentpole title to try and get this platform off the ground. But uh, I don't think you you could have ten exclusive coming to Stadia this year, and I still don't think you're going to get some wind in those sales. I think it's. Uh, <laughs> It's limping over the finish line and um, the end is nigh for Stadia. Mm. But, uh, you know, there to go. Power to Google. They'll yeah. be back. I mean, you know, everyone out there, like the new releases are looking a bit light this week. But I mean, I hope a good chunk of us are just going to be on Squadrons. Um, the game looks great. So I feel like we can all just invest our time on that one. Red leader standing by. <laughs> Simply red standing by. We might have to do like a purple. We'll do a purple leader and a, just weave it around purple discussions. I think we'll have to I'll come have to up with some. Work. Little, yeah, we'll come up with some stuff. Some purple call cards. Yeehaw! But yeah, this has been episode two one three of THG. Uh, thank you all for stopping on by. We really appreciate every one of you in the Eight Bit Nation. Uh, any closing words or things you want to bring? I've got one little thing I want to say, but I'll throw it over to you first before we get on out here for another week. Oh, I wonder if we're going to say the same damn thing. Um, I We are on the spooky season. I would be curious if the listeners would want to see some spooky video content. Is there some scary games that you would like to see us at the 8-Bit Nation or even just the Hungry Gamers? 
uh, play, let us know. Um, you know, let us know on social medias, either our individuals or um, the social media for 8-Bit. Heckin' yeah, I'm uh, keen to play some horror stuff and get some get some scares. So yeah, hello8bit.net if you want to drop us an email or on yeah on the socials. Uh, now, I was going to say that uh, Apex Legends is getting cross-play support this coming Tuesday slash Wednesday for Australians. So uh, cross-play <laughs> will enable Apex Legends playing across PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC to either buddy up or battle it out against one another. I always so, wonder when that stuff happens. Does that mean the player base has gotten light on certain consoles or what? <laughs> maybe, maybe. But um, you, you've got an option. You can you can enable or uh, disable the cross-play feature. Oh, okay. Uh, naturally, uh, what it's going to do is pr- try and prioritize PlayStation Xbox. So it's going to try and bundle console players together. <laughs> but if you want to um, include PCs, well, you can put a little checkbox to, to bring all of them in. But they're yeah. just trying to alleviate, I guess, some of the benefits from keyboard mouse action and make a little bit more of a flat level playing field but uh Hmm. yeah hell yeah that's exciting news uh and also i know we mentioned last week but yeah doom eternal is available now on xbox game pass so uh anyone that odds on game pass want that crunchy crunchy uh mickey what's his last name mick i can't remember the guy that does the soundtracks oh right yeah no i'm really bad with names yeah but you want that crunchy metal ass soundtrack as you, you're killing hellspawn mm. doom eternal available on xbox game pass right now so get that on the download but yeah it's episode 213 of thg thank you everybody for stopping on by but yeah this is it we're out till next week happy nation much love and stay hungry You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Speaking of hungry, how's that Indian food? It's getting there. I, I certainly feel I'm close to a porcelain trip that's for damn sure um yeah can't wait (laughs) 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 oh she's she's smelly too